Good day and welcome to all of our My Story podcast listeners. Hey, my name is Jeff Lee and this is the My Story podcast. It's a podcast of real stories by real people, all centered around a very real God. We're so excited. Thank you for joining us today and coming along and being a part of our story. And uh, our plan here is to share with you our story along with others' stories, all in hopes that we shine the light of Jesus Christ into a part of your day. We pray you are well today, and if not, our prayer is that by the end of this podcast, you will be having a much better day. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy this great podcast. And welcome to another episode of the My Story Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for listening and coming alongside of us each and every uh, episode that we do. And uh, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you for uh, over 530 downloads. And so we are excited about that. And uh, we're thankful to just be able to speak to 530 of you. So that is certainly an honor and a privilege. And uh, I was looking before the podcast, and we are in many states, uh, Iowa, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio, um, Florida, maybe, um, Mississippi, Louisiana, so several states, and then several countries. We are in Algeria. Uh, the United Kingdom, uh, we, I noticed today we are streaming in Ukraine, uh, and, um, a couple of other places. So thankful so much, uh, for, uh, everyone that is listening. Uh, we even had someone reach out to us today from Tennessee, uh, talking to us about the podcast. So, uh, we're excited about what God is doing through this ministry and we're thankful for the opportunity uh, to to be able to do this. Um, last episode, we uh, had three very uh, special guests on with us, and uh, from the feedback and comments we've got, we are um, uh, so appreciative for everyone tuning in. I know my three daughters certainly enjoyed being on the podcast, and we certainly hope you enjoyed uh, just getting to uh, to have a few laughs and enjoy the Thanksgiving season. Hey, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know we ate too much, but uh, we did enjoy ourselves and we enjoyed our time being home uh, from being on the road so much. Uh, we were able to be home and uh, just enjoy some family time and some laughs, and uh, that was great. So today I have back with me uh, two episodes in a row. So Man, I must be doing something right, but I got my wife back with me today. So, uh, Sister Courtney, thank you so much for being back on the podcast today. Would you like to greet anyone or say anything? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> I, I, just everything that you said, I concur with. Um, thank concur. you. Concur. Look at there, boy. I like that. Uh, everyone for <laughs> listening and being a part and supporting 
and um, just being family to us. We appreciate it very yes, much. Yes, amen. Amen. Well, today's episode is one that we had planned to be the last episode we did, but uh, I just felt to shift gears for the Thanksgiving season and uh, make a Thanksgiving one. So uh, today's episode is going to be, uh, we're going to attempt to answer some of these questions that we had been asking for on social media. We wanted to give an opportunity to uh, have you guys ask us some questions, and then we're going to do our best to try to answer them the best we can. Um, We are certainly by far not experts. Uh, We don't hold license in counseling and and all of that good stuff, but we do have 16 years of marriage experience, 18 years of being together, uh, 15 years almost of raising children, and uh, a lot of years of ministry and youth ministry, dealing with teenagers and uh, my wife dealing in kids' ministry. So uh, we, we're going to offer you the best advice that we can that we feel has helped us along the way. Uh, and a shout out to everybody that sent us in questions. Thank you so much. Uh, my wife put a post up today uh, again asking for any more questions. So keep them submitted because uh, we'll certainly do uh, more episodes like this. And I'll, I'll go ahead and preface today. Uh, we probably had, uh, well, I know we've had a few questions that we may not get into today because we kind of felt they might be best addressed uh, on an episode by itself. So uh, if you don't hear your question today, we're, we're going to still try to get to it, but we want to make sure we spend adequate time with it. So again, thank you for responding. And uh, we just pray that today something can be said that would hopefully uh, help at least maybe give you some direction and some clarity in the questions that you've asked. And so um, I think we're going to open the program today uh, with this first question. So uh, Sister Lee, will you lead us off with the uh, our first um, question? Yes. Okay, our first question is, how do you manage marriage and ministry? Oh boy, what a one to open up with. How do you manage marriage and ministry? This is a great one. And if I can open up, this this question uh, with a little honesty. Uh, I'm always known for being transparent and maybe a little too honest. But in our early years, um, I failed at this question. Um, I um, I didn't understand the order that God has for us as ministers and and people of God, and I think. If you ever understand that order that God has designed, then this question will be a breeze for you. The the order that God has designed, and this is the way it was taught to me once I got in church and, and once I made my mistakes, kind of discovered on my own, but God is always first. Nothing will ever take the place of God, not even your spouse your children, there is nothing that should ever come ahead 
of God, your relationship with God. I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about preaching engagements or singing in the choir or teaching your Sunday school class. That's not what I'm addressing. What I'm addressing is your personal relationship with God. Nothing should ever come between you and God in that aspect. Now, if God has blessed you with a family, spouse, wife, husband, and children, that's next. So your family is next. If you study the order God done things, God made the man, and then before God ever done anything with the man, he gave the man a wife. He saw man trying to do ministry on his own, naming the animals, working the garden, and God said, no, he, it's not good for him to be alone. So God gave him his wife. Jesus Christ, when he walked the earth, built a family before he ever started building the church. I'm, I'm of the saying, and if I've ever preached in your churches, you've heard me say this. Strong churches, in my opinion, now this is me, strong churches don't build strong families. Strong families build strong churches. And so if, if we as husbands and, and, and wives put our focus on our families first, then I'm a believer that the church would operate a lot more smoothly if our families would be where they're supposed to be. So it's, it's God, family, then ministry and church. So when, when you begin to live your life in that order, um, marriage and ministry will go together hand in hand. There'll be no problems with them. And so let me get back to my story real quickly. When we started out in ministry, I was of the impression that if uh, the pastor um, allowed me to preach, allowed me to be a part of his ministry team, allowed me to do things in the church, that uh, I should be at that pastor's beck and call. And so anything, anytime, anything was going on at the church, I was there. My wife was uh, at home with two babies, uh, our two oldest girls, if you know our family, our two oldest girls are only right at a year apart. And so basically it was like having twins very close. Um, and so my wife was at home with two babies and I'd work all week. I'd work Monday through Friday, uh, get in late in the evenings and up at sunrise, headed back to work. So I gave the job five days a week, and then I gave the church my weekends, and my family kind of fell behind. And through that, we had to learn some very tough lessons. And I'll let Sister Lee address whatever uh, she feels led to address about any of that. But I just want to say on my end, as the husband, I had stuff misaligned. And you have to learn, and, and I, I wrote this down, you have to learn to say no sometimes, even to your pastor. And if your pastor is a family man, he'll understand why you say no. And I, I specifically wrote this down. Anniversaries, birthdays, vacations with the kids when they're off of school, date nights or, or date weekends, have to happen. They can't stop when you enter ministry because without your family, there is no ministry. So you're not still in this by yourself. When you get married and take on a family, it's a family ministry. 
And so if you want them to support your ministry, then you've got to be supportive of them. But on top of that, above any of that, having a successful ministry, you got to have a successful family. And uh, so take time and make sure uh, that in the event, like I know when we were youth pastoring and stuff, there were certain seasons where we were at the church every night of the week. So make sure you're communicating with your spouse and saying, hey, you know, we've got this coming up. We've got, you know, uh, like for us as youth pastor, the month of June was just wrapped up for us. We had camps. Uh, we had um, camp meeting. We had vacation Bible school at the church. So we spent a month at the church just about every night, it seemed like. And so communicate that. And if you know you've got that coming up, well then say, okay, we'll, we'll give everything in June to the church. But in July, I'm marking off a whole week and I'm taking my family and we're going to the mountains. We're going to uh, the coast. We're going wherever and, and show them that, hey, you know, I'm taking time for you as well. I only had, when I worked, two weeks vacation. And so I gave one week to the church and I, my family got the other week. And so I could have filled the other week with more church functions and things happening, but my family got the other week. And so um, balancing marriage and ministry is so very important um, you know, to work hand in hand. Now, if you're called to be a minister, then, you, you know, you also, and if, and if your family is, un, you know, it all works together. And, I, you know, as long as you're handling things correctly, uh, they'll both balance each other out and, and you'll be able to do your ministry and your marriage won't suffer. And you'll be able to have a marriage and your ministry won't suffer. And uh, so that's just kind of my two cents, if yes. you want to add anything. I completely agree with everything. Um, I will say, and you already spoke on that, um, as the wife, communication will... I mean, it works wonders. Communication is everything. Yes. Um, understanding your role in marriage, in the ministry that God has called you both to, um, understanding what your role is and what your duty is, what you're supposed to be doing. I think when you have, a, a, if we could say this, a successful relationship with God, then you will have a successful marriage, right. a successful right. ministry. It all falls into place. So I think... When we learn to first build our relationship with God, build our relationship with our spouses, um, with communication and, and understanding what our our duties are, our roles are, and then what our calling is. Right. And specifically learning what your calling is, what God has called you to, not just your ministry together, but your calling, what God has called you to. And then you work in that. And I think... When you find your place in in your relationship with God, in your marriage, in your ministry, and in your own calling, everything will work itself out. I think everything will play and, and work hand in hand in unity together. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I I just can't can't say it enough. Learn to say no. Learn. Right. Man, if I could ever offer a piece of advice, learn to say no. I don't regret the things I've done per se for the church because, you know, I know I'm doing everything under God. But 
I wish there were times I could go back and and maybe say no or or change the plans or change the direction or mark out my calendar first before I ever go sit down at the church calendar meeting yes. uh, to show my family that, hey, you know, it, it um, you're not on the back burner. Yes. And and I'll, we'll, we'll close this question with this story. Uh, we were, again, young families, and it, it was about the same time that, that I was doing things out of order. And Sister Lee was very, you know, she was unhappy, and she had every right to be. Um, we were preaching at a church, and uh, we were there just for, um, I don't know if it was just one service, maybe two, but I'll never forget the pastor, and he's a real good friend of mine. I, I've, he's probably the one pastor that I've been preaching for for the longest. Um, but uh, after service, um, he said, Brother Lee, can I visit with you a minute? I said, sure. So he uh, took me back to his office and he said, Brother Lee, I want to visit with you on something. He said, I want to offer advice to you um, as a young minister. He said, advice I wish was given to me. He said, but when you go places and you preach, he said, people are not only watching you, but they're watching your family. Because as you're preaching, if your wife is sitting there with a frown on her face, people are going to wonder, is his ministry valid? Is, is he not who he's portraying to be at home that he's portraying to be in the pulpit? Why is his wife not standing? Why is his wife not amening him? Why does his wife look like she don't want to be here? Is his wife saved? If she's not saved, then we've got an unequally yoked man in the pulpit. If his wife is saved, then we have a marriage that is struggling in some kind of way because she's not backing him. And the same thing with your children as they get older. And so he said, Brother Lee, he said, uh, I saw your wife tonight. I watched her. She didn't worship like she had done in times past coming here. She didn't really back you as times past in coming here. He said, I'm not asking you to tell me what's going on, but he said, I'm just letting you know that if you don't get it fixed, you're not going to preach a lot of places because men of God are going to look at that and think something is not right at home. And until they fix it, I can't have him come back. And so I'm thankful for that uh, word of advice because it was kind of the nudge and the push uh, to help start addressing the issues that we we were having at the time and, uh, um, and trying to work those out. So uh, I will say that um, uh, my wife's already said it, but once you know your place as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, and you work in those callings first and 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 work to build your family and your marriage, uh, ministry is just going to fall right in line and uh, it'll all go hand in hand and uh, you won't have any problems or you'll have less problems. Minimal. I'll put it that way. Yes. Minimal. I mean, it's Minimal. still, it's still, it's, you know, it's just marriage. It's, it comes with its... You're not always going to agree and you always... Not always going to have um, roses and yep. yeah. Some days you're going to have adult conversations, <laughs> but um, that's just kind of my two cents on 
marriage and ministry. What do you think? Yes. Anything uh, else? You good? Um, yeah, I think I think we covered. You, yeah, the you first said question. a lot. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I think Sister Lee is going to have a lot of input on this next question. Um, and I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean just because of how involved she is in the rearing of our children. So this next question we're going to get into is um, how do you get your kids to love the church and not get bitter towards the church? And so um, would Which you is, like to kick us a, off with that one? A very good question. Thank you um, for submitting that because... That is such a good question. Um, I, it's so much involved in this, but <laughs> I think just kind of starting somewhere. Um, I think it's by teaching them at such a young age um, to love God first. I mean, it kind of it kind of intertwines with this first message we've had. I mean, this first um, question that we had. Teaching them to love God first, and by doing that, they strive to be more like Him. They have a better understanding of who He is, and they will love the people of God while understanding that they are just humanity. And then, I think, and, and understanding really what the church is and what, what, what it is about. And then, I think, that second part of that question says, is not get bitter towards the church. I think um, there are some things, there are some conversations, there are some things that take place in the church, um, things that you may see as a parent that you may not agree with. Um, There may be conversations that you've heard. There may be meetings that you've been to. All of these things um, that I think our kids just don't need to know about. They don't need to hear about. They don't need to be a part of it. and as parents, it's shielding them. Um, it's protecting them while teaching them about all aspects of the church and the body of Christ and how it truly runs. And letting them know this is humanity. This is flesh. And just as we are. Um, so there's going to be some things that we're not going to agree with. There's going to be some mistakes that are going to be made. Um, but not letting them in on every little thing that happens, not bringing them in as if they were an adult and trying to let them see this part. They will see it on their own when the time comes, but they will already have a foundation built in God. They will already have a foundation built and, and an understanding, and they will know how to handle it when that time comes. But I think we're talking about kids. Um, I think it's first building it in that order. And when the time comes for them to know these things, they know how to handle it. And they know exactly what to do. Right. I totally agree. I, I, I think involvement, um, yes, getting them involved, not, not just bringing them to church, Mm -hmm. but encouraging them to get involved, get involved in the worship, get involved in the preaching, get involved in the altar call and prayer, and then get involved in what they like to do. If you like to sing, start pushing them to get involved in singing. If they like dealing with other children in kids' ministry or they like 
um, greeting people at the door, serving lunch, whatever, but get them involved and help them to find their calling. Um, a very popular scripture that uh, a lot of people use when dealing with children is Proverbs 22 and 6. And it says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And a lot of people use that as saying, if you raise your child in church, they will never depart from the faith. And that might be partially true, but what Solomon was talking about here is it's way beyond just bringing them to church. It's helping them at a young age find what God has designed for them to do. What's their purpose on this earth? Not to just take up space or play video games and eat pizza, but what is their purpose on the earth? What is their God-given calling? Is it to teach a Sunday school class? Is it to just be a prayer warrior? Is it to be a faithful saint in the house of God and a supporter of the house of God? Whatever it is, is it to be a a a a doctor or a plumber or a car mechanic or uh, a nurse that represents Christ to that particular field of work. Uh, uh, I, you know, we, us Pentecostals especially are so guilty of, of pushing ministry, ministry, ministry as far as it's got to be a platform. But we need Christian doctors. We, we need... We need Christian car salesmen. We need Christians at Walmart. We need Christians at Home Depot. I mean, we need them everywhere. God wants them everywhere. God wants representatives everywhere. And so help them find that calling, whether it be secular or ministry, and then training them to be the best representative of Jesus and their faith to that calling or in that calling. And so Solomon said, when you train up a child in that way to, to be the best representative of Jesus, no matter where they end up in life, they're not going to depart from it because when they hit adulthood, they're already going to know their calling. They're going to be working in their calling. They'll be comfortable with their calling and um, God's going to use them in, in, in great ways. And I also wanted to mention this because as a youth pastor, We've seen this happen uh, so many times, and I'm, I'm not belittling anybody, and I'm not criticizing anybody, but I want to bring shed some light on this because of the damage that it can cause. We've seen children because of bad grades or report cards or make a bad decision, say something, do something they shouldn't have, get receive a punishment, a disciplinary action, a punishment and get told they can't come to the youth rally or they can't come to the youth service or they can't come to the youth hangout that weekend. I don't agree with that. And here's why. Because those same parents allowed their child to continue to have their phone, continue to be on the iPad. We've even had some, some situations where the child got punished from coming to the youth group hangout on the Saturday, but got still got to go to the ball game on Friday. So what are we teaching them? What are we showing them? Discipline them from the phone. The phone is materialistic. They don't need that. 
They need fellowship of the church. If we want them to be in the church with adulthood, they need to start building those relationships now. Well, Brother Lee, how young? As young as you can get them. You know, uh, I've I've told parents before, um, I've encouraged young mothers before. My wife has done it countless times. Bring those babies to church. It doesn't matter if they're loud. It doesn't matter if they're making noise. You're putting them in the church atmosphere. You are rearing them up in a faith-based atmosphere that's going to help their relationship when they get older. So don't punish them from godly things. Now, if you're going to punish them from the phone, the iPad, and the ball game, and then say, you know, maybe if the youth is going to the mall, you can't go to the mall because you got bad grades. That's one thing. But don't tell your child you can't go to the youth rally. It's a very good chance God calls them at the youth rally or God gives them a word at the youth rally or they pray through and get the Holy Ghost at the youth rally. So keep them in that environment and use other things to to bring disciplinary action upon them. It's just my opinion. Uh, you know, I, I just don't feel that withholding them from, especially in, in the teenage years, withholding them from building that fellowship and relationship with the church is, is my opinion, doing more harm and than that's good. And that's the age where they're searching for. Those things are searching for relationships. They're trying to figure out who they are. Um, and they're in need of that. So I think making sure that we don't take them out of being in the fellowship with like-minded people, right? especially when they're out in the world and they're doing, they're around all types of people all the time. Um, so making sure that they have that fellowship with like-minded people um, to help them grow right. in their relationship right. with God. And I also put, and my wife, going back to when she opened this up, talking about there are certain conversations and things that uh, maybe the kids don't need to be involved in. I think it's so important to remind our kids, remind anybody that the church is not perfect. Jesus is. The church is the body of Christ. What is a body? It's flesh. So the church is filled with flesh. And so church hurt's going to happen. People are going to say things. People are going to do things. There are going to be people, I hate to bust your bubble, but there are going to be people that you are going to sit next to maybe even this Sunday who call themselves Christians who are far from it by their attitude or by their speech or whatever, uh, you know, you know, whatever. But there are people there that, that, I mean, we all know, especially those that have been around the church long enough. And so I think it's it's important to instill in our kids and let them know that the church is not perfect. She is filled with flesh. And, but the God we serve is perfect. And so we can't confuse the two and blame the blame God over something flesh might have done right. or get mad at God over something the church might have done. The church might have hurt you, but God didn't hurt you. People may have said horrible things to you, but God didn't do it. Right. And so... We need to make sure we're instilling in our children that the same God that gives us grace and mercy, we need to give to the church yes. because she's not perfect. That's why we needed Jesus to die on the cross for our sins is because we couldn't do it. We're not perfect. Right. Israel could not get it together to save their lives. 
And so we're, we're not perfect. Humanity is not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes and, and do things we wish we wouldn't have. And so, uh, we need to also be instilling that in our children, uh, to keep them from getting bitter towards the church that, Hey, that was flesh. That wasn't God. And, and while that hurt and that may have stung and it, 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 it might be hard to go and sit on a pew knowing they're sitting across from you and they said those things, we can't allow that to, to, to stumble us in our walk with God. Yes. So anything you want to add to that? Okay. Nothing? Okay. So what is our next question? We're doing good on our time. Our third so. question is, how do you grow in ministry when you feel like you are stuck? Oh, boy. <laughs> and this is such a good... Oh, um, boy. I mean, these are all very good. And I thank you to each and every one of you that have sent these in. Because um, it does. It makes you ponder. Um, makes you think about these things. Do you want to start? Do you want to? You, you want me to start? Um, okay. Well, I'm. I, when I read this message... I went back to something I heard Sister Tenny um, speak on a little while back. Um, it was a video that someone shared, and I went to watch it. Um, and, and quite frankly, it was something I needed in that moment um, to help me through a time that I kind of felt stuck. And she and, and the title of her... Um, video was what do I do while I'm in waiting and she talks about um, I mean you can go watch it but she talks about making use of your time wisely studying she talks about things that she's done in the time of her waiting um, but I will say studying making prepar- preparations for what God will do in the future yes using that time wisely by studying praying fasting, um, preparing yourself, uh, educating yourself, and making sure that you're doing all you can um, in preparations for what God may use you for in the future. Um, and don't just sit and waste it and and sulk about, well, I don't have anything to do, and um, I just throw in a pity party because you're just stuck right. in the ministry, and I don't know what to do, and I don't have anybody to talk. I don't, I don't know what to do in this season. Find something that you can do. There are things I'm sure that you can say, you know what? This, I could do this. I could go and bring food to these people. I can, I mean, there are tons of things we can be doing during the season. And if you are a young mother or if you are at home and if you, then you could take this time to be educating yourself, to be studying more, um, doing things that you can do to help prepare for that time. Um, and, and growing even in the waiting. Mm. You can grow even yeah. in the waiting yes. period. Um, and honestly, I feel like that's where the most growth takes place is because you're in this waiting season that you don't understand. And so you're grasping for whatever you can. And so take advantage of the growing in that season and, and say, you know what? While I'm grasping, take all these things that I could be um studying to show myself approved. I could be doing things that I make sure I am prepared. If God's going to call right. me to be a Sunday school teacher, if God's going to call me to be um, 
a pastor's wife, if God's, God's going to call me, whatever that may be, whatever door God may open in the future, you could be taking that time now to prepare for that. Do you have... I'll say it this way, and this is something I felt the Lord give me a few years ago when we were in a waiting season. You wait while you wait. And I know that may sound a little confusing. What are you talking about? But you wait while you wait. If you go to a restaurant and you sit down at a table, the hostess would tell you your server will be with you in a moment. And that server comes to wait on the table. She waits or he waits by getting your drink order, getting your appetizer. If you're at a Mexican restaurant, do you want a large bowl of queso? Amen. That's what we usually get every time we go. Large bowl of queso dip. Hallelujah. You can't be apostolic and not go to Mexican. But... um, They wait on you. They serve you. They take care of your needs while you are there. And so the Lord began dealing with me about this from Isaiah 40 and 31. Wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, how am I renewing my strength? I'm waiting on God while I wait on God. Well, what, 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 what are you saying? I serve God while I'm waiting on him. That means wherever I'm at, whatever location, place, position, situation I'm in, I still wait on God. What does that look like? I still pray. I still worship. I still am found faithful in my giving and my serving and my going and my uh, telling of his goodness. And I wait while I'm waiting on him. I take whatever opportunities I'm granted in the season that I'm in, whatever avenues that I've been given liberty in. Uh, For example, you're maybe at a church and you're just a lay minister or, you know, you're on the ministry team at the church, but you know God has got something uh, coming in the future. Well, you wait at your local church while you're waiting on the next step. Serve, take opportunities given, whatever avenues you have right now to operate in your calling. I promise you, I guarantee you, if you go to your pastor and say, man, I really wanna teach a Bible study, he is not gonna get mad. Prepare, like my wife already said, prepare, study, pray, prepare. If, if you're feeling called to evangelize, Start building your messages now. Start praying and saying, God, I may not uh, have the door open yet to step out and evangelize and travel, but let me hear what you're saying to the churches so I can start preparing some messages for when that door does open. Um, teach, teach a Bible study. Get involved in the Sunday school class if you can. Ask your pastor for any opportunities uh, to to help serve in the local church. Go preach at the nursing home. Go pass out bottles of water at the local Piggly Wiggly. We've done all of that. Uh, uh, Me and and a friend of mine, uh, every Saturday, we would knock doors and hand out Little Debbie cakes. Uh, So 
I mean, just finding your opportunities and, and just waiting while you wait and just staying busy while you're waiting. It's sometimes it does get difficult. It can get overwhelming, but you just gotta, you gotta keep your mind engaged. And, and when I was thinking of this question today, uh, David was brought to my mind. Uh, and what's crazy about the scripture in David is Samuel comes, calls all of Jesse's sons. David is left out in the field. Samuel says, no, God said, it ain't none of these boys. Do you have at least one more son? And Jesse said, well, yeah, I got the ruddy fellow out in the field. We'll bring him. Let's see if that's the one. And as he's coming up to Samuel, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, that's him. So Samuel takes out the horn of oil. Bible says, anoints David to be the next king of Israel and then turns around and walks off. Don't say when, don't say how it's gonna come about. Doesn't say, David, pack your bags, tell your mom and dad you're gone, follow me. We're gonna head to the Saul's house and we're gonna let Saul know that there's a change. He's been voted out, you've been voted in. We don't find any of that. Samuel anoints him, prays over him and leaves him. And what does David do? David turns right around and runs right back out to the hillside and goes right back to what he was doing when he got called up to be anointed. He goes back to watching sheep. And as God watches him with the anointing, continue to be faithful at home. God gave me this today. Continue to be faithful at home and faithful to his family. When he was found faithful at home and faithful to his family with this new anointing, God said, now I can use him. Now I can open the door. Now I can make a way for him to be used. And so wait while you wait. It could be God's waiting to see what you're gonna do with that calling or with that anointing. He may have sent an evangelist, a prophet, a, a, a special service your way, and they pointed their finger in your chest and said, thus saith the Lord, you're going to be this, that, and the other, and turned around and walked off, and you've been standing there ever since, still waiting on, well, what do I got to do? Maybe God's waiting on you to just keep being faithful. Just keep serving, keep watching the sheep, doing what dad asked you, being faithful to your family, faithful to the, your, what you were doing at, at home, faithful in the home, faithful with the whatever attacks come against the home. And then God in his timing is gonna open that door yes. and, and let you walk into your calling and your anointing. So don't get frustrated in the waiting as easy as that gets to do sometimes. And I can't sit here and tell you that I've never done that. We're not perfect. I've been frustrated in my waiting season. I've cried in my waiting season. I've wanted to throw in the towel in my waiting seasons. I've wanted to throw my hands up, walk away, quit. But you just got to wait while you wait. And if you continue to do that, uh, God will open those doors when it's time for them to be open. Right. Completely and I, I think just um, reading your Bible, you will find yes. so many, beside David, yes. there are so many that had waiting periods. And I think sometimes we forget that when we're on our own waiting period, that we forget that there's a Bible full of them. God's Word is, I mean, there's so many in there that were in waiting seasons 
that just didn't sit there and wait. Right. Those, I mean, we, we take Abraham, promised a child, and he waited. Yeah. He waited. Um, and then, I mean, there's just so many. There's so no way many. I could get yeah, into Yeah, there's, there's no way, yeah. There, there were waiting periods. So I think just while you're in your waiting period, while you're doing all of those other things, is encouraging yourself um, by reading all these other stories yes. of those that have already gone through this, have done some things that, that have already gone through some things maybe you may have gone through or more, um, and have been in some waiting periods and, and seeing how they have handled um, their situations. And Amen. I think that will give some encouragement to you in your situation. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I think we're going to push pause right here. And um, we're, we're going to, there's a couple of questions, a couple more questions that came in that um, Sister Lee and I both felt uh, maybe needed a little more attention and time to, which <laughs> we spent a lot of attention on these three just by itself. But um, and so we're going to keep praying about those and keep working at those. And we're going to do another episode, uh, to continue, um, you know, trying to answer some of these questions that you brought in, but there is one I want to close with. And I want to say thank you for all of the input, um, Sister Lee, you've given today. And, uh, I pray that what me and my wife have offered you today, uh, is some way, somehow maybe shown some light. Is that a word? Shown? Shined? <laughs> It's not shined. You would not say that. That's you would not, not say shined. Uh, so shown or brought about light into your situation and helped you uh, hopefully seek the answer or give you some direction on how to find that answer. But there was one question that came in that I wanted to close yes. with today. And we got this question from, he didn't even want to remain anonymous. But we got this question in from a young man by the name of McGuire Denmark, who is now a resident of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and is a youth pastor. But uh, I was his youth pastor for six years. And he sent this question in. And if you know McGuire, uh, this shouldn't surprise you. But he said, who was your favorite in the youth group? And why was it McGuire? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank and you why was it McGuire? Well, uh, we all, we, there was no favorites. I'll first say that. There was no favorites. You were all so different. Right. Those of you that were in our youth group, I'm talking to you right now. You were all so different that we were drawn to you individually by your different giftings. Yes. There were things that McGuire was gifted in that Brandon wasn't. There were things Brandon was gifted in that uh, Bryce wasn't and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, if I start naming, I'll get in trouble. But uh, McGuire, unfortunately, um, there was no top of the list, okay? I know, I know, even Jesus had three that seemed to be above the 12, but... For me to announce my three on this podcast, you must right. be crazy. <laughs> so, uh, But I do want to say thank you very much for the years that, amen. that you you were such a good student. And the gray uh, hair. You have, you have given so many hours um, in practices and music and, and, and just working for the kingdom of God without any complaints. Yes, um, yes. And you, you've done... 
a lot and you really have helped us in those years and for that we are very thankful for you mcguire so shout out to mcguire and his bride there in baton rouge and uh keep up the good work with all that you're doing and to all of the summit youth group that were under our tenure we love and appreciate you all yes very much so um, thank you so much for your questions. Please send us some more. And uh, we're going to do several more episodes in the new year um, talking about some of these topics. You're helping us put together some episodes. So thank you for your involvement. Thank you for liking and sharing and and posting and, and, and telling people about our podcast. We are so very thankful for all of that. And we're thankful for you. And uh, we're going to have one more episode coming to you next week. And then uh, we're going to take a break for the Christmas season. And then we will launch again in January with several new episodes. So uh, be on the lookout for that next new episode next week. Um, And um, we look forward to talking to you again soon on the My Story podcast. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for giving us a listen today. We pray you were blessed by this episode. If you were, or if you know someone who may be blessed by this episode or others, would you help us out by sharing and posting? And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay informed as to when a new episode drops. Also, hey, give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram and drop us a comment. Let us know how we are doing and what we could do better. And as always, we certainly appreciate you tuning in and letting us be a part of your day. We look forward to being with you again soon on the My Story Podcast.